We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
What's going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 10 o'clock. Uh, wow, I kind of butchered that. Take two. It's 11 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, 8 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. Good morning, West Coast. 10 o'clock, Tennessee time. Of course, of course, that means the time of the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called, it is called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today is uh, the both of us. We're both, we're ordering, we're crotchety, Stevie. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not supposed to be here today. It's too early for us, isn't it? Yeah, I get paid extra for being here. I don't know about you, but um, I, I triple my rate anything about before noon. Um, so, kidding, obviously. But, <laughs> I got to um, negotiate that angle. Because... Yeah, like, you know, but yeah, so I, I worked till like five this morning. So, and I, I opened the fridge up. There's no Monster Energy drinks, which <laughs> my wife kind of jipped me there. And I don't drink coffee. So, I'm in a great mood. Uh, I hate that I drink the monsters. I took the sugar free, uh, you know, which I guess that's slightly better, I suppose. But I- I'm curious now. We'll talk. It's a six game slate. We'll dig in as far as baseball. But now, since you mentioned it, uh, I have hot takes. I don't know if I have hot takes on these, but I have definitive takes. Uh, can you power rank the the monster flavors for me? Um. Yeah. So, like, my favorite is probably Pipeline Punch. Um, <laughs> but I drink a lot of the zeros too. I like the orange zero one. I, I don't know the name of it. Like mango something. I had it for the first time the other day, actually. There's a new um, zero green one. Like it's like a like a bright neon green. It's like That's a kiwi. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher. But pipeline punch, um, Mojo. If I'm looking for like full on, I need like you know recuperation. But I like the other two as well for the zeros. Do they actually work? Do they do they kind of wake you up? I st- I feel like it's just nonsense. Is it nonsense? Uh, I think it's a lot of sugar. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, or it's, it's supposed to be zero a lot sugar. Of caffeine. Well, a lot of caffeine, I guess. So, like, yeah, it, it wakes me up. Yeah, I mean, with, or zero sugar substitutes or whatever you want to call it. I, I, I have to get the, the the one with without the sugar in it or whatever. And you know, it's it, it does. I meant to have fire one up this morning because I bought a couple last night. I hit up the old gas station, and you know, I'm a sucker. It's like you know, two. I don't want two, but you, it's two for like three bucks or something like that. I'm in. Uh, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, economically, I feel like uh, obligated to purchase too, don't you? Like, and the blue, by the way, is, is the correct answer. I think the blue or the uh, the white, there's a purple, which is okay. The white Pretty one's good too. The white one's good. You know what? The original is the worst, I think. Is it not? Oh my gosh, I can't drink the original anymore. Like, it's like Red Bull. Like, I, I don't drink coffee. So, like, when I need a pick me up, it's, you know, an energy drink. And I kind of weeded those off too. And it's just like, I can't drink the original. I can't drink Red Bull anymore. I like drank those for so long when I was like gaming a lot and like no. I'm not a big coffee guy, but my building has like free complimentary like Starbucks. So I got this this machine, but it's a whole. You got to leave the you got to leave the apartment for that. So I don't really know if that you know you got to put pants on. I want to work at eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Who wants to do that? Who has pants on right now? That's overrated. Right. <laughs> this is not a premium show. If it was though, Stevie, you might have to adjust our cameras. Um, yeah, so we have a six-gamer going down to you know, this afternoon as far as baseball. It's a 10-game slate throughout the day. Later on, there will be a crunch time show for premium members uh, for the four-game slate tonight. Strasburg and the Rockies, there you go. Uh, well, no, and, and the Dodgers in Coors Field, I guess is a better way of saying it. Uh, six-gamer going down today. We uh, The lineups are sprinkling in on through. They don't have the ball just yet, but most of them uh, so far have basically come through, with the exception, of, I think, except that regular game. It's just a little bit later. Uh, Steve, before we dig in and talk about today's uh, – uh, this afternoon slate, did want to mention, of course, the the badges, the avatars. If you guys aren't aware, if you're rocking the RG badge, 
you're walking the R R RG uh, avatar, you can get yourself one month of free premium here at Roto Grinders if you happen to think or not even think you're finishing the top 10 of certain contests. Uh, our fabulous multitasking producer, D Train, he's up early in the morning too. He's a trooper as well. Uh, he's going to drop that link in chat for you guys so you can learn more information about it. A uh, couple people that have recently signed up since uh, yesterday's uh, at the afternoon show. We got uh, Luke Gaddis. I don't know if any, he spells it, or I assume it's he, uh, spells it the same way as Evan Gaddis. Eloso Blanco, I miss him. Where is Evan Gaddis these days? Is he in the minors? He is retired. I have no clue, but he's missed either way. Remember him? The white bear? Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know where he's at. Uh, you know, his beard game was strong. His beard game was very strong. He had a cool story. He was like homeless for a while, and then he, uh, you know, uh, he made it in baseball, and he kind of cracked through and became a millionaire, so good for him. Uh, Fax 09147 as well, uh, rocking the RG badge. Of course, if you guys have Rotogrinders Premium, y'all know you get the lineup HQ, you get Cheese's Billion Dollar Musings, the ECR, that's the expert rankings. You get Crunch Time, you get Ross Weather, Ross Weather Edge. Uh, speaking of that, you got Cheese following us along with Roth. I'm not sure if you saw Cheese Bink the 100K earlier this week. I don't know if he gets out of bed for anything less than 100K because Million Dollar Musings, not ironically titled, he's binked a couple million dollars. Uh, a million dollars multiple times in DFS, of course. Uh, ownership percentage, the premium podcast, which I was listening to with Cheese and Meansy before the show. The expert survey, Slate IQ, much, much more. A lot going down as far as uh, the premium. What's your favorite uh, premium piece? Uh, you know, there's a lot to dig through. Uh, I, I can't get to it all every single day sometimes. Uh, what, what's your first go-to? Because myself, I would say uh, my favorite thing that we have is uh, just the Plate IQ is amazing. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on Plate IQ. Um, obviously, like I fill out expert survey a few times a week, and I'm doing lineup tags four days a week, so I'm reading people's stuff um, on that all the time. Um, I read Jesus' article when I have a chance, and oh. I turn on the premium podcast um, in the background when I'm working um, throughout the day. So, one of my favorite new things, though, is Weather Edge. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Weather Edge, just kind of looking over everything. So, um, yeah. You know, my I spend probably the most time on Plate IQ, though. What Plate IQ has become is insanely good, so worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, we show that in the screen share every once in a while. I'm not really sure what we'll show. Maybe we'll let it happen organically, what we show on Leah. Later on the show, we kind of give a premium peek. You did mention Weather Edge. I don't have Weather Edge, but I do have the link to Ross Weather article today, which is relevant because uh, as of right now, that Tampa Bay-Minnesota game is currently orange. Uh, not at all a good day for baseball. I'll go ahead and let you guys read it yourself. I dropped it in the the Rotogrinders chat, of course, I have that drop it in the YouTube chat. I don't have that up, but if you guys are on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, maybe Devin will go ahead and pull that link and drop it in the YouTube chat. If not, uh, jump on over here to Rotogrinders. Get that for free. Uh, it does look dicey in Minnesota. We, uh, we're we not weathermen. We don't play one on TV or the interwebs or anywhere. At least I don't. I'm not really sure what you do in your personal life, not judging. But uh, I'm going to yield to Roth and see what he has to say as far as uh, you know the weather there and crunch time that game, you know, still a couple hours out. But it doesn't look particularly good, so it's it's certainly possible we go from six games to five games as far as the slate. Let's take the screenshot, Stevie, because, you know, you got to roster two starting pitchers today. Well, give me your screenshot as far as uh, your impression of the six-gamer. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, if it becomes like a five-game slate, like we're going to have two really small slates today. Um, I don't really have a ton of interest in the Tampa pitching situation um, with the opener and Beaks. Mm -hmm. uh, so that really doesn't hurt me. Perez is one of our value guys. So obviously that hurts a little bit because, you know, we're just, we're taking away one of the value guys that we have, but 
I think at the top, you got Wheeler and Nola. Um, we get an extreme pitchers umpire in that game. It still has a nine total, but that's the lowest total on the slate. There's nothing perfect today. I'm <laughs> feeling comfortable about cooking anybody's name um, on the early slate anyway. So for me, Wheeler, Nola, um, is the lineup out? Uh, yeah. Dark's going to face yet. So Pittsburgh's lineup's out. Like How many gonna, lefties, right? Count, count up the lefties. There's only three lefties. Reynolds, Ooh. Bell. Oh, I guess there's four. Dickerson. But it's not the worst lineup in the world for Peacock. You know, he's kind of, um, you know, dodging a little bit there. But, you know, with Polanco hurt, Reynolds is banged up, too. He's batting second. So he's another guy you're not too worried about. But for the most part, you're probably taking one of Wheeler and Nola, maybe mixing in some Peacock at the top. And, and the value guys are just good luck. Flip a coin. Um, <laughs> it, it, right though, like you know, Seattle's been terrible, so maybe some Chase Anderson. Um, Gerardo is a ground ball pitcher, maybe that limits the damage. But like an overview of the slate, like you're not feeling comfortable about clicking anybody's name. Every game on this slate has a nine or nine plus total. By the way, quickly, just a callback to our previous conversation. Capone in the chat, I'm reading it now. Uh, Capone likes that bang energy. I, I bought that by accident once. It's got creatine in it. That, that kind of threw me off. I'm like, I, I don't want to drink that. Do I want creatine? Awful. I don't think so. Tastes disgusting. <laughs> I don't like, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, so you, you said to pre-show, we, we were talking briefly and a couple things, you know, uh, one, you said, oh, you were on the other side. I guess you were on Wheeler over, over Nola. Uh, and I, we're probably not going to fight over it because I was like, well, I mean, I'm on Nola by default, right? Because, you know, you got to roster two of these guys. There's 12 people throwing baseballs and some you can certainly cross out. And like you said, you know, the lowest total uh, as far as, you know, total on the board is but nine, you know, Wheeler, Rochas, Nola. And the matchup isn't perfect against the Mets. It's not this great strikeout matchup necessarily, but I'm kind of sort of betting on the talent, uh, you know. And, you know, I was listening to the pregame podcast and Cheese was kind of talking about, you know, there's a very good chance that pitchers don't win this slate. And it's kind of sort of about survival. And just as long as you don't get your face punched in, uh, you know, I, I suspect, and like, like it's kind of been sort of all year to some extent that the, you know, the bats are going to win this slate. And we'll talk about the Brewers soon enough. They got a pretty big total there against Mike Leak. Uh, they have a pretty solid lineup as well, too. I like what they rolled out today. Uh, and the Astros against Musgrove, who, yeah, he had a good game last time out, but that was against San Diego, who strikes out a ton in this Houston team. Totally different conversation. No lineup just yet. But I mean, do we want to have the conversation here as far as Nola versus Wheeler? Like it's kind of sort of a coin toss. I have Derek Cardi's the bat pulled up and he's got Nola you know, slightly ahead of Wheeler, you know, obviously he's a little bit more expensive too. And if every dollar happens to matter for you, if you really want to pay up for some sticks or an extra stick, I don't mind stepping down the Wheeler as opposed, as opposed to Nola, but it's kind of sort of a coin toss. I, I'm going to lean the, the, the Nola side, but you know, are we having a debate here or it's just like, you know, you need to save, save a few dollars. Well, 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 can you give me a take as far as Wheeler versus Nola? Yeah, for the most part, like, they're pretty much the same play. Um, they're both going to get some strikeouts. They're both going to give up runs. Neither one of them are perfect here. The thing that I like about Wheeler a little bit more than I like Nola is, you know, the Woba and the power numbers are down a little bit for Wheeler, where the power numbers are up for Nola this season. You know, you look at the lineup for Philly that they're rolling out there, there's four, four or five guys with strikeout rates over 25% against right-handed pitching. So, yeah, it's five plus the pitcher spot. So there's a lot of upside here for Wheeler. There's not a ton of power outside of Hoskins, Bruce, and, you know, Harper. I guess Kingery 
Yeah. He, you know, he, he's had a ton of power this season. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he doesn't profile well against Wheeler. That's another thing that's kind of interesting here is when we're looking at Wheeler, we have to see how this team profiles against sinkers and really it's Hoskins and Harper that, that worry me the most uh, because of the downward action that, you know, Wheeler has on that fastball. So uh, just, you know, when I, when I'm digging in, and I'm looking for who am I going to play more of. It's really close, but I lean Wheeler over Nola, uh, but Nola's fine too. Like the only thing that kind of concerns me about Nola is the lineup. They they kind of sprinkle in those lefties every other at bat at the top of this order. McNeil, Conforto, Smith. I, I actually think it's a bump to him that Cano's out of the lineup. Like <laughs> Cano's a guy that he's not having a ton of power this season. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't strike out either. So it's a bump to Nola that um, Cano's out of the lineup. Yeah, and McNeil's been great. And, of course, on yesterday's show, it was like, yeah, McNeil gets two or three hits every single night, but he's got no power. And, of course, he banged one out last night, and he still doesn't have a ton of power necessarily. Uh, the ISO will confirm that, but the weighted on-base average this season, you know, 383 versus right, he's really solid. He doesn't doesn't walk a ton, doesn't strike out a ton. He's probably going to put the ball in play. Uh, and the, the Wobos kind of jump off the board pretty pretty solidly for McNeil. Uh, you know, top of that lineup with, with uh, Alonzo. We'll talk about the hitters suited up. And I feel like Alonzo feels like a pretty strong leverage play. Uh, we don't have the owner. I don't think his ownership up just yet. I've not seen. Uh, I imagine Nola's going to grab more ownership than Wheeler just because he's got a slightly bigger name brand. Uh, and just I, I feel like people think he's just better than Wheeler, but the numbers are really, really close. Uh, and, like, I guess the peak of Nola was better than the peak of Wheeler kind of as far as their season or their career we can kind of lean on. Uh, but, you know, as far as your cash games, I don't think you get them both. If you're playing cash games today, it's a little bit tight to make that happen. Uh, it's probably Nola in cash, but I, I totally get Wheeler uh, in tournaments. And who do we step down as far as an SB2? It uh, it gets ugly really fast here, Stevie. Uh, you know, I, the, the name you dropped to me before the show, and we'll talk about him. And, like, you have to talk about him because it's kind of sort of about survival. And it, it's a great matchup for him. Well, I guess we'll get to him in a second. But. Uh, we we kind of mentioned Peacock in passing, and obviously his splits are huge as far as lefties versus righties. Uh, K percentage is what, like 31% against righties, like 21% against lefties. I don't know why I'm doing that off the dome. I have the, the plate IQ I can peek off of. I can cheat off that. Uh, is that. Was that correct, more or less? I was staring at that before the show as far as lefties versus righties for Peacock. Yeah, 20.7% against lefties, 30.8% against righties. Uh, and we have, what, four lefties in this Pittsburgh side. Hmm. What do we do with Peacock? Um, it's a slate that like, I'm going to get exposure in tournaments. Um, I've been playing like 20, 25 lineups a night over the last week or so, and just kind of mixing with my strategy, just having some fun, um, playing some lower dollar stuff. Just, you know, this How's that working is, out I, for you. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm curious. How, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to make that work too. Just kind of change things up. And yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're using a lineup builder of some sort. Yeah. I'm playing around the lineup HQ and, you know, for me, I still play, like, the, the single-entry high-dollar stuff like I usually do. It's just this time of the season, like, baseball is, like, it's a lot right now. Like, we're up, you know, almost every day doing baseball. So, like, I just had to switch some stuff up. It has nothing to do with anything else. But um, it's been profitable. So, you know, obviously that's a plus. But it's been more fun just kind of sweating some more lineups and having, you know, a little bit more exposure to, you know, teams and stacks and stuff like that. So uh, it's been fun. But – you know, it's just more for fun than anything else. Like I'm still playing my normal stuff and just adding that in there to have a little bit more fun building a little less hand teams just because 
Uh, the summer is so much harder with a kid that is seven than a kid that's like four. So <laughs> uh, big changes this year. But um, yeah, so as far as Peacock goes, like, you know, obviously you're worried about Bell. You're worried about Moran. Dickerson's not a bad bat. He's not striking out at a very high clip. It's a, it's a small sample. But the matchup just stinks for Peacock, to be honest. Like, if we're looking at just matchup, like, the matchup stinks. But there's no perfect matchup today again. So, I think getting exposure to Peacock is not the worst play. Um, to be honest, I really wouldn't talk you off of any pitcher on the slate um, outside of, like, Chatwood, just because he just can't throw strikes. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't play Chatwood. I wouldn't play uh, the Tampa combination either. Uh, it beaks, you know, who knows how long beaks is going to go. And, you know, obviously there's weather there too. And I don't want to pick on Minnesota. I think it's totally unnecessary. And I, I, I can't get behind Mike Leak against Milwaukee. This is another way of doing it, just crossing guys out. And w- whatever is left will roster. Can, can you yeah, do- like, you know, Leak is another guy, like you said. Um, Spencer Turnbull against all those lefties, that lineup is really bad for him. If it was a little bit different lineup, you know, sure. The thing that's interesting about the the Rays and Twins game is they've already played, you know, the the Tampa side of this series where they've this is like a flip-flop. Like, they played earlier this month in Tampa or last month, but like they don't play again this year. So with a one o'clock start time with Roth is saying that we're going to have some clearing later. Like these guys are probably going to hang out in the clubhouse and let this storm go through. And like, I wouldn't be shocked if this game starts four or five o'clock. I have a hard time seeing them postpone it just because it'd be really hard to make up and the Rays are in the hunt. So like, they're going to have to make this game up. Well, I guess the twins too, like both of these teams are in the hunt. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I wasn't thinking that far ahead, but that, that does make sense. Um, you got to find a mutual day off. And also, like geographically, Tampa and Minnesota are not necessarily close to each other either. I suppose in theory, they can kind of sort of cross paths at some point. I have not taken a look at the schedule, but that is interesting and worth noting. And again, yield to Roth as far as what's going down there. If it's unplayable, it's unplayable. But like you said, sometimes they just try to force it in. Uh, and as far as Beaks, though, like, you know, what are you hoping for to Beaks? Four innings? you know, four optimal innings against Minnesota, and he's not, like, super cheap, so I can't. It's a terrible can't. matchup, too. Like, Minnesota's one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. It's a terrible matchup. Yeah, so why? Why? It's not necessary. There's no no reason, right? We're crossing him out. I have more – like, I have more interest in Perez on the other side than I do on, you know, Beaks. What happened to those strikeouts of Martin Perez? Hey, like, it's a Tampa matchup. They strike out a lot against left-handed pitching. Like, again, there's nothing perfect this morning, so – um, you know, we don't have a Steven Strasburg versus Miami and like we do on the late slate. Like, so yeah, it's just for me, I think that, you know, you, you just mix and match here, but like my favorite SP two, I think is Gerardo. Um, and I don't feel good about it. Yeah. I, I like the fact that he is a right-handed pitcher that should have run support facing a team that strikes out a ton against righties. They don't have a ton of power against righties and he's a massive ground ball guy against right-handed bats. So the fact that they have three lefties in there concerns me a little bit, but at the end of the day, like, you know, even his power numbers against lefties have been fine. He's generating a ton of soft contact against lefties. So I, I think he's my SP two for cash. Um, what do you want? Like 12 points? It was like the same conversation we had on the podcast on Tuesday. It was the Jesse Chavez conversation, you know, probably a 12 to 15 point game. Take the fact that he put up like 29 
but I'm hoping for like 12 to 15. Just the same thing that I was making the argument for Jesse Chavez. Nice call, by the way. Hey, you know, listen, I was hoping for 12 to 15. The fact that he went out and dominated that game does not shock me because of how bad this Detroit team is. But, you know, it is Mickey in a day game. You know, you always got to remember that. Mickey in a day game. <laughs> is that still a thing? <laughs> listen, I don't... I don't think it ever stops, does it? I mean, he's like 40 now, isn't he? I don't, he still has like four or five more years up on his contract, by the way. Something crazy like that. Hammond Pujols. The crazy one is Stanton. He's got like seven or eight years left. And dude's like Mr. Glass out there. He's like Anthony Davis of, of baseball. Um, and he's going to get paid like 40 or 50 because this contract's backloaded too. He's going to be making like $40 million when he's 39 years old in like the year 2027. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> and his, his strikeout rate is going to be like 47%. Uh, I may yeah. be underestimating. Still a little jealous. <laughs> no, I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> no, I am. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Oh, like, good for him. Like, you know, yeah. get paid, man. Get your money. Uh, you know, and he seems like a good dude. Um, yeah, so Gerardo, it, it's amazing looking at these splits and seeing the positive of, you know, more righties than lefties. And he's got a 19.6% K rate against righties as opposed to 13.8% K rate versus lefties. But, you know, he's super cheap and – he should be okay because the Tigers are terrible. And, uh, you know, you just kind of load up on bats. You, you get a home run from a guy you're paying up for, and that sort of makes up the difference. Obviously, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what, what's predictive and what's not predictive. You can get yourself a you know home run from some cheap dudes. Uh, the cheapest guy in the slate, and the, from, a, from a bat perspective, can, like, have the most points. That's, just, that's the way baseball goes sometimes. We skipped over uh, – I think this is going to be a popular SP2 today, actually. Chase Anderson versus Seattle. Uh, you know, feels like pretty good, pretty good. You know, he, he grabs that W. He's not particularly good. Uh, reverse splitsy versus Seattle, who's, you know, jumping to the end losing their DH. Do we have a Seattle lineup yet? Do we know who uh, the Mariners are rolling out? Yep, it's Smith, Crawford, Santana, Vogelbach, Beckham, Murphy, Gordon, Moore. Pretty much the normal lineup. So what, what's your take as far as Chase Anderson? It's kind of the same take you have when you're looking at Gerardo outside of the ground balls. Um, you know, it's a team that strikes out a lot. You know, you obviously worry a little bit here because there are some righties with pop in this lineup. You know, Murphy is a certain downgrade for Anderson. Um, Beckham has power. Santana has power. Like, Anderson's biggest issue is right-handed power bats. Uh, it's been a thing for a few years now, so – I was kind of hoping that it was a left-handed heavy lineup. The fact that they do have a lot of lefties in here kind of helps him. Um, you know, he's a guy that has generated a ton of soft contact against lefties. I think it's a 8.5 or 8.6 um, hard to soft contact ratio against lefties this season for Chase Anderson. So, you know, he uses his, you know, cutter a lot more for lefties for some odd reason. I don't know why he doesn't use it for righties as well since he's getting shelled by righties, but I think the fact that, like, he can use that pitch and get, you know, some outs here with Gordon and Crawford and Smith, you know, he just has to worry about Vogelbach taking him deep. Yeah, you mentioned Reddy Powers, but an issue throughout his career, like Santana's kind of interesting. Uh, but there are plenty of Ks in this in the Seattle lineup. If you take a look at the old, you know, the plate IQ for this season, you know, Malik's at the top of 26%, Crawford at 26%, Santana 27 Vogelbach 22 He strikes out the second least, Vogelbach. Uh, Beckham at 29, Murphy at 30, Gordon 16.8%, no pop, obviously. He's got wheels. And then Moore at 33%, collectively 26.2% K rate, 
Uh, they don't really walk either, 8.3%. Outside of Vogelbach, nobody in this team takes a walk. Uh, and you mentioned those reverse splits for this season. Anderson, uh, ISO versus righties, 259. Woba, 419. <clears throat> Just monster numbers. Uh, so, that, you know, as far as a, a hitter's perspective, Santana's super interesting as a contrarian play. I think the optimal, quote-unquote optimal, you know, cash game pitcher play today, you know, for what it's worth, I'm not playing cash. That's like just playing tournaments just because like, you know, I'm squeamish with all these pitchers basically, but I think it's Nola and Anderson. Uh, if you're going to play optimal, not for tournaments, is that where you uh, would line up as well? Or what's your thoughts? I'm ending up on Wheeler and Gerardo in, okay. in, in cash. Um, I'm going to mix a lot of, there's like five guys on my tournament list that I'm just going to mix and match. Um, there's not going to be many teams that I build that won't have at least one of Nola and Wheeler. Um, Fandle, obviously a different scenario there. Um, you know, if you want bats, you know, you're going to want some exposure to the cheaper guys because there are some stacks that you're going to want to play on this slate. Uh, is there any pitcher we haven't discussed or haven't mentioned in passing? Like Chatwood, you know, doesn't have a long leash, doesn't strike people out, and he walks too many dudes, and he's facing the Braves. But besides that, he looks great. Um, no, I, I, I'm not rostering Chatwood. You're not rostering Chatwood, right? Like that's not happening. Atlanta is one of my favorite stacks. Um, oh. the only guy that is slightly interesting is Wilson, uh, you know, for Atlanta, he does have really good fastball stuff. Will that tra- translate? Like, I don't think so. Um, his minor league stuff, I have an itch in my nose. Um, it's like the worst too. It's like making my eyes watery. Um, <laughs> but his minor league stuff, like he, he grades out as a guy that has really good fastball stuff. He just doesn't have secondary stuff. And when you look at how this team performs against fastballs that are, you know, high end fastballs, you know, they're not the best team in the world, but I don't think I risk it. I think I take a little bit more like uh, an easier approach. Um, 10 and a half in Wrigley is all I needed to see. Click weather edge. I start to look around. We're seeing that it's good hitting weather. Um, so I, I'm going to probably pass on the pitchers in the Cubs game, knowing that I have increased in a lot of um, offensive um, statistics here because of the weather. Is that a big sample? I'm pulling it up now because I thought it was like a crosswind. Uh, it's 167 games. It's enough sample for me to know that I'm not going to play the pitchers here. Yeah, 79 degrees as far as the temperature, uh, the dew point at 63.3%. Uh, yeah, 15%. It's not like this massive number we've seen earlier in the week, which of course didn't really work out in our favor, but you know, that's just how it goes with small samples. But 15.6% as far as the projected uh, increase in homers based upon the current weather. And I was digging into Wilson too. Uh, he's a young dude. He's not 19, but he's 21. Uh, he had a cup of coffee, uh, so you know, in the majors and he hasn't been good in a super, super small sample, but in the minors, uh, he's kind of crushed, especially of late. I want to say his last four games, he's racked up no more, no less than seven strikeouts. Uh, they didn't push him too hard, like as far as his pitch count was around the 90s or so. Uh, and he's one of their prospects. Atlanta's got one of the best uh, farm systems in all of baseball. He was uh, number seven, according to Fangraphs, as far as their prospects, but like number 70 on the big board as far as top 100 in all of baseball. So he's not a nobody. He's a legit player, but he's he does not seem like he's fully developed just yet. Again, just 21 years old, uh, going into Wrigley against you know a pretty tough lineup. So. I guess there, like you said, there is some talent there. Uh, the, the arm is legit, not fully harnessed. <sighs> I don't He's think I'm rushing. Secondary stuff. That's the biggest issue with him. Like everything that I've read has said the same thing. And 
you know, one of the reasons that he's gotten crushed and he's pitched well in, in the minors and where he's gotten crushed in the majors is you can get away with not having good breaking ball stuff in the minors. You know, you can still rack up strikeouts, but if you don't have good breaking ball stuff in the majors, you're going to get, you're going to get hit pretty hard. Yeah. Well, ironically, he's replacing Fulton Abbott. He throws like 98 miles per hour. Right. And he's having issues because I imagine, I don't like, I, I assume he's having issues with his breakers. Um, yeah. So we, Fulton's having issues with everything right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was being, I was trying to be kind to Fulton Abbott, but uh, that's it, fine. I'm a Fulton fan, but it's been, ooh, it's been a brutal year for him. Coming into the season, though, like he was one of those guys who can pinpoint. You can say like his numbers last year were kind of an anomaly, and he, he overachieved, and he's he's ready to come back down to life. Like it, just like Blake Snell was another guy you can kind of point to and say he was great, but he wasn't that great, and the numbers are going to kind of reflect on that. But all right, uh, somehow we managed to talk about pitchers for like 25 minutes or so. G- give me a give me a summary as far as arms today. Uh, Wheeler, Nola at the top, Peacock, not in a great matchup. We know his upside in the middle, um, Gerardo and Anderson at the bottom. And if the weather is okay, Martin Perez. Yeah. Uh, all right. Favorite hitter. Say it again. I said, I didn't miss anybody, right? That was it. I I was pivoting to catchers and I, 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 I'm sorry. (laughs) I faced out for a second. I didn't want to talk about You're you're allowed to space out. That's fine. I'll allow it. Well, Pepsi would normally like lash out at me. So thank you for being so kind about that. It's um, way too early in the morning for me to lash out. Yeah, that's that that too. Uh, catchers on a day game, normally you get a slew of like, uh, you know, back uh, backup dudes for what it's worth. Uh, we actually got Grandall leading up once again versus Mike Leakes. That's nice to see. Uh, Tampa does this every once in a while. They play two catchers and they lead off Darno. That's what's going down there in Tampa. That game is clean. You know, you got Travis Darno uh, leading off versus Martin Perez. And he knows batting six as well. Uh, no JT Romuto, which is a benefit to Zach Blair, we should have mentioned. Um, oh, boy, Big T is razzing me about uh, – he didn't get me enough on Twitter last night. And, yes, uh, Big T is pointing to the scoreboard. P- speaking of guys that should regress, Jason Vargas uh, pitched really well last night. Good for him. He peaked at 36, apparently. He's having a career at 36 years old. I can't uh, wait to stack against him next time he pitches. Oh, so you're anti-Jason Vargas. You're with me on this Oh, one. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, tell Big T he's a big fraud. Not not Big T, Jason Vargas that is. <laughs> um, Big T is the hottest, one of the hottest players in DFS right now. If he if he wants to play Vargas, he can. Um, Big T is a goat, but Jason Vargas sucks. Thank you, thank you. That's Just saying. <laughs> I did lose American dollars. Uh, you know, I, I, wagering against Jason Vargas. Uh, Listen, was... he was right yesterday. Uh, was it? It was yesterday. Like he, he nailed Vargas, but yeah. <laughs> good, good for good for Vargas. I hope Big T made some bucks. Um, I'm definitely using a Yankee stack next time um, Vargas pitches. I, I didn't see screenshot life, but like you said, Big T's been crushing it. I don't know, maybe he probably did well. I somehow survived this late. I, I had a fair a fair bit of Phillies because I was a, a donkey, and, and so I made a, a profit. So uh, hey, moving on to today, it worked. I somehow dodged the uh, you know picking on Jason Vargas, but nonetheless. Uh, I had a lot of Dominic Smith yesterday. Um, that's why I made money. I, I still, yeah, I don't play that guy too often. Let's say I absolutely have to. And I'm always concerned he might get the hook, which, like, you know, that doesn't necessarily matter if he already bangs out his homer, which I think he's hit a homer, like, what, three straight games or something like that. And, well, he's probably a leverage play today against Nola. Uh, obviously, in fantasy draft, you don't have the roster a catcher, but some places ask you to do so. Uh, what are you doing as far as catcher today? 
Yeah, if the Rays game's fine, Travis Darno's cheap, batting leadoff. You already mentioned him. If you want to spend up, Garver, you know, in that same game, Grandal, um, are high-end options. I like Tom Murphy, though. I think he's in a good home run spot. We talked about how Anderson has reverse splits against right-handed batters. Murphy has good upside. To be honest, catcher's a position today that you can save some money. Um, there's nothing that, like, is amazing. Uh, Victor Canatari um, is another guy that I like. Um, he's cheap, too. He's 3,200. He's batting six. He has the platoon. It's, yeah, there's just not a lot to love here. Like, you know, you can play any of these cheap guys if you want to. Um, I don't have a favorite cheap guy today. It would probably be like Stallings um, or go all the way down to like a nap. Um, that's, I don't, catcher stinks today. I want to play Darno. Um, I'm hmm. hoping the weather's okay. Yeah, Bobby Wilson's drawing the star. Fedora, which is drawing the star. Like we said, a bunch of backups, no real Luto. Uh, you know, if you want to like play, embrace the terrible price, you know, Mitch Garver is overpriced. You know, he's been, you know, obviously good this year, but he's probably not worth the price they're asking. But that's something you do in tournaments. Uh, Stassi is drawing the start there for, for Houston. So they got their backup out there as well. And like you said, Caratini's drawing the start for a Contreras day game after a night game. That's pretty, uh, that's widely expected as far as catchers. Uh, first base, where are you jumping to? There's, there's multiple options that kind of pop out to me. I'm having a hard time separating who I like amongst a bunch. What say you? Yeah, I think Freeman's my favorite, one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Um, he's probably my favorite first baseman here. Um, love the spot against Chatwood. When we're looking at Chatwood, he struggled with command. Um, and there's a lot of fly ball hitters in this Atlanta lineup. Like, I think they're going to get to Chatwood today, and I think they're going to get to him pretty good. So, I like Freeman a lot. Um, outside of that, like, you know, I don't mind going down to, like, an Eric Thames, who's cheap on a couple sites. Um yeah, I'm going to have a lot of Freeman. I like Pete Alonzo against Nola. I know it's not the best matchup in the world. Um, you know, Josh Bell against Peacock, again, not the best matchup in the world. Uh, Vogelbach, you know, you can pay up at first base on pretty much all these guys that are available at first base outside of, like, Yandy Diaz, who's just way overpriced. Yeah, he just came off the IL. And you mentioned Bell. I think Bell's pretty interesting there against Peacock. Peacock, we talk about his splits are being pretty, you know, pretty dramatic. 164 plate appearances this year versus lefties. His Woba, 368. The ISO, 231. So he's given up a fair bit of power to lefties. And, of course, Josh Bell, the switch hitter, uh, we know he's got plenty of pop there. It's not the best ballpark for homers there in Houston, and it's worse for lefty power. But when that dude gets a hold of it, it doesn't matter. He hits it in Rivers when he gets a hold of it there uh, in Pittsburgh. You mentioned Thames. Uh, on Fandle, I think he's 2-5. If you're playing, like, cash over there, he – I think Thames is just, you know, is going to be one of those popular players in the entire slate. Lefty power against Mike Leake, who doesn't miss many bats. I think he's a really strong play over there. Uh, DK fans drafting the conversation as well, too, but the price is a little more, you know, with everybody else, so you're not really getting the discount necessarily. Um, you mentioned Alonzo in passing. It feels like uh, if you fire up the old slate IQ, I don't have it up in front of me, but I'd imagine it's telling me that's a leverage play. Does that feel like a leverage play to you? Feels like a leverage play. Um, I would expect him to be pretty low on here facing Nola. And I don't mind who he's facing. Like, Pete Alonzo has shown us a ton of upside against any type of pitcher this season. So, the fact that I can get him as a leverage play, um, I don't know if I necessarily would stack the Mets here today outside of, like, just doing it as a hedge. Um, but I might have a few, like, Mets and a few Philly stacks just because – yeah, we have Stevie in the chat asking if uh, – you're Stevie. I know it's Stevie Brown in the chat. 
um, not to be confused with Stevie on the show, asking if the Braves lineup is out just yet. That's the only one that I'm seeing that we don't have just yet. Is that where you're at as well? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Cubbies, we talked about Caratini being in there. Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Hayward, Caratini, Cargo, Descalso, and Chatwood, for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, and I'm reading it off the – yeah, you guys, you guys are there. Everybody's aware of the Rotor Gunners lineup page, right? Like, is this something that people are not aware of? I assume they are, right? I don't think so. I don't know. It's pretty clean. And obviously, I, I like the little scrollers that, you know, if uh, I need 2.8 left and uh, utility spot, you can, like, that's, a, you know, guys will get highlighted. You can kind of knock it down to anybody that's 2.8K or left uh, or less that, that that's left. Just kind of an easy way to fill out lineups if you're, you know, doing it by hand, old school, if you're not using a, a computer or a lineup builder or something like that. Keystone position second base. You mentioned Cano is out. Jose Altuve is still cheap uh, on both DK and on um, uh, fantasy draft. What are you doing at second base? Yeah, I like Altuve. Obviously, he's really cheap, like you said. Uh, makes a ton of sense for cash games. Uh, tournaments, I really like Mike Moustakis. Um, Going to be a common theme. I think Leak is running really pure this season against left-handed batters. He's generating... A lot of ground balls, which doesn't you know necessarily concern me too much against a Milwaukee team that knows how to get the ball up in the air. So um, I like Moustakis a lot. You know, this is a good spot for him. Again, going back to that whole Mets thing and Philly thing, like Jeff McNeil, not the worst play in the world here against Nola. Nola has really struggled with lefties this year. So I don't mind on non-Nola teams getting exposure to some of these Mets bats. And, you know, McNeil is one of those guys, but – on the cheap end, we don't really have anybody cheap. Um, so that's obviously interesting. I think like Odor would be your cheap end guy. You can make an argument for Descalzo, but there's a guy um, that we're going to talk about at, I think he's at third base. That's almost min salary. So um, we're going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah, I love the Moose call. If you have some salary, by all means, Moustakas feels like a really strong play. Like, you know, Milwaukee in general, you know, as far as stacks, is Milwaukee like the clear and obvious stack? Is it Houston as a, as a pivot? Uh, you know, we haven't really discussed stacks just yet, but who is your favorite stack on this slate? Uh, I like the Brewers a lot. I like Atlanta a lot as well. Um, and I don't mind Chicago Cubs, like against a young pitcher with good weather. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to get out of Wilson. And who knows? And again, it's a super small sample. He's not been good in the majors. He's really good in the minors, especially of late. And he is a prospect, but, you know, again, not fully developed, not, not completely harnessed as far as his arm. Um, but like Leak, you talked about it. He's given up this year more than well, – just short of two homers per nine. Uh, and that's not a lot of games, you know, pitched in Milwaukee, obviously. That's, that's been Seattle where it's uh, more of a pitcher's ballpark than it is for the Brew Crew. Uh, third base, hot corner, what do you have for me? Yeah, going back to that Minnesota-Tampa game, um, Brasso is 2,600 um, on DraftKings. He's really cheap across the industry. Batting eighth, he's shown really good upside in the minors. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot. Um, has power. So, if I'm looking to save some money, I go down to him because I think that, you know, he's one of the better value plays. But I like Colin Moran. I like Travis Shaw. Like, there are cheap third basements today that I like. If you want to pay up, you know, it goes back to that argument with Chris Bryant and, um, you know, Mike Moustakis, Alex Bregman. There's some pay-up options as well. Uh, but third base is a position that I think I'm going to save some money at today um, to make everything work. Yeah, I don't know anything about Michael uh, Brousseau, I suppose. I'm not really sure. I just pulled him up 25 years old. Uh, Brasso, man. Michael is it Brasso? 
crossover. Has he been around? Am I, am I somebody, like, should I be aware no, of this he's, type a, of he's the prospect. Uh, WRC Plus is according to Zips. The projection is 76. According to Steamer is 91. So they're saying he's a below average player, basically. Uh, this year in the minors, 14 homers and 283 plate appearances, a couple steals. Uh, he swiped 11 bags last year, too. So a little bit of speed. But it, the, the biggest endorsement here is basically the price, right? The price and the low strikeout rate, uh, high walk rate, like, you know, all that stuff definitely makes a lot of sense. The, you know, the ISO, you know, you want ISOs over 250 in the minors. You want them closer to 300, uh, you know, to see how well they're going to translate. But, you know, for me, with the home run upside, with some stolen base upside at this price, like, you know, you can't really hate it. Yeah, projection models have a 22% striking out in the majors for what it's worth, 22, 21. They're kind of fighting on that. Like you said, the ISO uh, so far this year, 267. So he has shown some pop there in the minors. Uh, but like, yeah, if he kind of makes everything else work, and again, we got to get the all clear from Roth as far as that game going down. Uh, you know, he'll be on crunch time at following us along with Cheese. Cheese is good. Uh, anything else at third base that's worth a, you know, a head nod here, or shall we jump to shortstop? I really like Colin Moran. You know, we talked about the Pittsburgh bats against Peacock. Uh, Peacock has really struggled with lefties this year. So I, I really like Moran as a tournament option here. All right. Oh, no wonder why the D-Train was in such a good mood. He's talking in the chat. Last night was bowling night. Actually, he was sad because bowling night is now six days away. That's his favorite time of the week. He loves Wednesdays. He's a big fan of hump day, that uh, D-Train. All right. Got sidetracked there for a second. Jump the shortstop. What do you have for me? um Dansby Swanson like shortstop's a position that kind of stinks today but the good thing about shortstop is we get a lot of guys batting up towards the top of the order um so I'm not in love with anybody at shortstop I like Dansby Swanson a lot but when we look at it like Baez is batting fourth J.B. Crawford's batting second Gene Segura is batting second in a tough matchup um Newman's batting leadoff Beckham's batting fifth like even when you keep going down in price, like you're getting guys uh, batting in the top five. So there's a lot of options at shortstop today. Pretty standard Atlanta lineup. We got all the lineups just nice. Acuna, Swanson, Freeman, Dongleson, Marcakis, Riley, Albies, Flowers, Wilson. Uh, so that's basically, you know, you said you like the Atlanta stack. I assume you like that lineup. That's a good lineup. Uh, let's what about the, you can play Bregman at shortstop? Obviously, fans draft doesn't really matter. Infielders, outfielders, kind of what they're asking for, and a bunch of utility dudes. Uh, Bregman at shortstop, how does he enter the conversation for you? Yeah, he's obviously one of the top plays today. It's a really good spot against Musgrove. It's just making it work. He's 5K. I really like Dansby Swanson for a little bit of savings against Chatwood, um, knowing who is in front of and who's behind Swanson here. Swanson's having a good year. Like, Swanson was a top prospect. And it took him a year, year and a half, but like we're we're starting to see why there's a lot of hype around Dansby Swanson. Who was the trade of uh, Arizona? And it was for an arm that like kind of fell off the table, right? Shelby who, Miller. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I remember Arizona was getting razzed at, at the time, and I guess we can you know 2020 and all that, but yeah, that. Uh... I forget. Like there was a lot of good in that trade for my, uh, for Atlanta. I forget who it all was. Um, there are other pieces as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, if we're going to look back, it's like the Archer trade. And I like Archer, but that dude's kind of falling off the table. And, you know, Tampa definitely robbed them blind. But, um, all right, well, what, what do you have for me as far as the output? I guess the question is, uh, Yelich, it's a pretty clear and obvious big spend. 
you know, at what I don't see what owner is ownership up just yet. Maybe we'll take a peek at that as far as, uh, you know, uh, in a second, as far as the screen share. I wonder if we have ownership, but I'm curious what, how much are you prioritizing Yellich basically? I think he's got to be in your cash lineups. You're just try, you're doing your best to make that happen. Yeah, he's obviously one of the top plays on the slate. Um, I don't know if I necessarily end up with him in cash just because um, I am way different. And I like the fact that I could like potentially get like two of the Texas lefties and save a little bit of money and not have to play um, a cheaper end outfielder. But Yelich is a top play today. It's not close. Uh, he's certainly a guy that you're going to have a lot of exposure to. He's a guy that I'm going to play a bunch. Um you know, outside of him, though, I really like Joey Gallo. Um, I really like Mazzara. I really like Brantley, um, Willie Calhoun. There's a, there's a lot of good outfielders today. Ronald Acuna. Um, if you're wanting to save some money, Schwarber is still way too cheap. Like, this is getting ridiculous. The fact that, like, they're not raising his price. He's batting leadoff. Like, he's the guy you can save some money with. Uh, Christian Stewart, even though I like Gerardo, you can save money with Christian Stewart. He's, like, 3.2K um Marquecas is 3.7 so there's a lot of good outfielders today for sure yeah you mentioned Schwarber I think dollar for dollar uh we talked about Wilson being you know he's not just a nobody he's a talented arm but you know he's still young let's just say for whatever reason let's say Wilson's a number three starter in the majors for fun why, why not or he had, that's where he ends up in theory like Schwarber against you know generic number three starter at you know 3.6k uh, on DK, seven and change on, on Bandstrap. That's just too cheap leading off there. Uh, and you're talking about how the conditions are pretty positive for hitting uh, as far as the weather. Not like the way it's been earlier in the week, but that 10 and a half total certainly speaks to it. Of course, you know, the pitchers aren't exactly Wilson's a big, you know, a big question mark. And Tyler Chatwood is who knows what you're going to get out of that dude. Uh, anybody else to mention as far as outfielders or shall, uh, shall we take a peek is what's going down? I think I have the lineup HQ pulled up. I'm curious if there's anything interesting or popping there. As far as ownership, nothing we uh something we haven't discussed just yet. Yeah, I'm sure we're missing somebody. Like I like the Texas lefties, the Mets lefties. Um, let's see, Santana. We talked about him when we were talking about that game. You know, kind of reverse splits pitcher there. If you want to play Santana in some tournaments, um, don't mind that. The Houston lefties, uh, Brantley and Alvarez. I think that's it. Uh, and then the Chicago bats against the young pitcher. We didn't talk about Musgrove for what it's worth, but like, I, I think, you know, I think Musgrove is okay. And you got to kind of pick your spots with them. And it was a great spot last time for San Diego, not playing results, but like a lot of people are on Musgrove uh, against San Diego. It strikes out a ton. Houston, obviously different conversation, jumping to get the American league and, and a team that doesn't strike out nearly as much, a little bit more imposing. We're not playing Musgrove. I, I don't think. Correct. I'm not. Yeah. This team is one of the most patient teams in baseball. They don't strike out and they walk a ton. They're, they're really tough to play pitchers against. I mean, the back half of that lineup's not very strong with, like, Miles Straw and Max Stassi in there for what it's worth. So it's not your typical – not the strongest Houston lineup, but still the top is pretty uh, imposing for sure. Uh, jumping on the screen share, I'm, I'm, I pulled up the lineup HQ, Stevie. I want to see what we have as far as ownership. And to no surprise, there it is. Like, Nola and Anderson are the top two guys as far as projected ownership. Uh, these numbers are obviously tinkered all the way up uh, to Locke, Jamino, and his team. Uh, this is not finalized. They are fluid. But uh, as of right now, we have like Nola at 42%, Anderson at 36%. This is for tournaments, not for cash. Uh, then Wheeler, then Peacock, then Musgrove. Is this uh, anything surprising to you? Anything interesting? Is there like uh, something that looks like a fade based upon these numbers for you? 
Um, Gerardo at 6% is really interesting. I'm going to have way more than that. So um, I really like that. I like that I can get some leverage on the field with Gerardo over Anderson. Um, not saying that I'm not going to, like, have a, a Detroit stack out there. Um, it's just, you know. Oh, the Cubs called up Kimbrel. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing standing out to me too much. I thought Peacock would be a little bit lower owned than that. Like, I was kind of hoping that we'd get him around, like, 15%. I, I think we end up getting Peacock at 15 to 20%. We see Nola and Wheeler even push a little bit higher than that. But it's kind of the slate. As far as the K props, and we keep talking about how the pitchers aren't exactly going to rule the slate. The highest K prop on the slate is six and a half. And both those dudes in that, uh, you know, Mets uh, Phillies game, Wheeler versus Nola, are currently at six and a half uh, plus 110 for what it's worth. And, you know, Chase Anderson is the second highest K prop. If you consider Wheeler and Nola as one guy at five and a half, along with Spencer Turnbull. Uh, Gerardo uh, is three and a half, but juices on the over for what it's worth. Musgrove as well at three and a half. Martin Perez at four and a half. Uh, you know, it just doesn't feel like a slate where somebody's going to go out there and strike out 10. <laughs> if it happens, it's probably from that New York-Philadelphia game. But, yeah, it's it's unlikely. And that's why we think that it's survival as far as pitchers, right? The bats should dominate in theory. Play your bats. Play your bats. Uh, as far as umpire data, taking a peek. And you guys can go ahead and start loading up your questions as well in chat. We're going to knock out as many questions as possible before we step aside and get out of here. About 11 minutes or so, if you guys are asking questions on YouTube, first of all, feel free to like and subscribe. We do appreciate that. Uh, and Devin's going to pull those questions and throw them in the Roto-Grinders chat. Uh, extreme hitters umpire in Chicago, for what it's worth, uh, as well as an extreme hitters umpire for Houston. Uh, extreme pitchers umpire for Wheeler, uh, like we talked about before, as well as an extreme pitchers umpire for Minnesota. Uh, that's Minnesota and Tampa. Uh, anything interesting as far as hitters before we jump on over? Let's see what the plate IQ premium score highest hitter is in the slate. I was going to guess Yelich, and it's Yelich. And not just not just is it Yelich, Stevie, but one, two, three, four of the first five names are Brewers. Does that surprise you? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Nick Castellanos. I know we talked about him the other day in the podcast, uh, lacking some power this year, but he's interesting. He kind of cracks in the middle. Uh, Josh Bell is on the family feud board to have extended out for six names or so. Uh, let's just take a peek as far as ownership for hitters. Altuve is projected to have the highest ownership. I happen to have, well, we have fans. This is the DK uh, ownership. I happen to have pulled up right now. So you're forced to roster a second baseman. That doesn't surprise me because it's not a very deep position and Altuve is underpriced and Houston's got one of the highest totals. So that makes sense, right? Yep. <laughs> Dynamite dropping. <laughs> no, like my my nose is itching and my eyes are watering. And yeah, sorry. No, I you're a gamer, man. You're powering through. Like if, if you were Anthony no, Davis, fine. You're, I just like I need to like go sneeze. And do you not have a box of tissues on the ready? Just I to- don't. I you know this might be something I need to add to the desk is a box of tissues. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. It's driving me. It's driving me insane. Like my eye is so watering because of it. Questions are starting to load up here in the chat. Uh, I'm ready, Dean. Bring them on. I got more than yes and no. <laughs> you get paid. I hope you don't get paid by the word in the last five minutes or so. I'm really getting. I'm really getting it today, then. <laughs> but you get paid times three because it's in the early morning. Uh, yeah, there you all go. right. Uh, are we still playing Peacock with four lefties versus Pittsburgh? No. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so the way the slate sets up, it really depends on how many teams you're playing. If you're playing a bunch of teams, like you're, you're not going to want to go all in on Nolan and Wheeler just because they're going to be so highly owned. Um, you want a little exposure to Peacock if you're playing a bunch of teams, just because he does have some ability to strike people out. Pittsburgh doesn't strike out a lot. This is not a great matchup for Peacock. He's definitely not my favorite pitcher. I prefer Wheeler and Nola. If you want to take a stand and go all in on those guys and not play Peacock, I think that is another thing you can do. But Dean said it about 10 times. It's all about survival today. It's not about a guy that's going to put up 30 because it's not likely going to happen. Um, hopefully it's Gerardo if it does happen, though. Yeah, there's no perfect matchup, like like, like you said. So uh, this is not a perfect matchup for, for Peacock in general. You know, K's are king, and the Pittsburgh team doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, I, you know, ideally you want more righties than lefties, and I guess you have that, but still, uh, you know, Young Ho Gung, it looks like a candidate to strike out. Stalin, it looks like a candidate to strike out a couple of times. They're in the back of the lineup, which is not uh, ideal. But again, uh, survival and Peacock's fairly cheap. Uh, he's, he's, you know, in line for a win. I guess you can make that argument too, I suppose. And those four points are precious on a slate like this. Uh, so he's definitely in the conversation. Fandle today, uh, favorite Fandle starting pitcher for tournaments um probably wheeler you know if you don't want to play the chalk um again like i i like gerardo today like what you can do with gerardo at 6800 on fanduel and build i'm not going to do it on every team but i wheeler is my favorite uh on fanduel um you know getting the higher priced over nola i think he'll be a little lower owned than nola um so I like Wheeler the most. Um, Nola's right there, but like, if you like to be different and you just want to load up on like a Milwaukee Atlanta stack, I don't hate Gerardo. Yeah, I was going to make the same point you just made as far as the ownership, uh, or as far, yeah, as far as the ownership of Wheeler being more expensive than Nola, and I think Nola is like the sexier play. Uh, so you're, you're going to have a, probably a bigger gap as far as the ownership, and I'm stalling to buy time. I'm curious what we have as far as projected ownership between those two. Uh, on Fandle, I'm trying to pull it up, and I cannot pull it up in time, unfortunately. Uh, you mentioned Gerardo, but like Chase Anderson's cheaper than Gerardo. Is that, or are you, are you thinking for tournaments? You think in ownership? Like I think yeah, Anderson. It's, yeah, it's tournaments, okay. right? Like the projected ownership is going to be higher for Anderson. Again, Gerardo is more expensive, so um, I, I think Anderson's certainly in play. Like if you're loading up on bats and you want to take one of these cheap pitchers and just play all the bats, like. It's a sound strategy today. Um, I'm not going to talk you off of it by any means. All right. You got a threesome, 3v3. Three three. Freeman, Odor, and Chu versus Dom Smith, Gallo, and Moose. Well, that one's really close. Um, I kind of lean towards the second one, even though I love Freeman today. The second one feels a little stronger for tournaments. <laughs> Moose, you know, Gallo and Dom, all, you know, plenty of upside. Obviously, there's ups on the other side, too, with Odor, too, but. I, I'm with you. That that feels like a coin toss. It maybe comes down with what the rest of your lineup looks like. You know, if you're end up like stacking a team or something like that. Uh, the aforementioned Dom Smith versus Mike Zanino. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Dom, right? Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the Texas stack? I like the Texas stack a lot. The lefties. Um, you know, there's a lot of upside in this lineup. There's a lot of bats you can play from Texas. Um, Gallo. Calhoun, Mazzara uh, is a really nice three-man. But if you want to add in like a Chew, 
you can or door if you want to add in a fourth person like that three man is really strong because they're batting four five six and they're all the lefties you want to play but if you want to add in like a, a fourth bat with Chu Santana or Odor, like I don't hate it. I want the lefties for Texas. Do you play the golf, man? I, I think D Train is sweating golf in chat right now. If I read this correctly, Howell got an eagle and he's very excited. Do you play golf? Nice. No, I didn't play golf today. Uh, I did do the podcast with Notorious last night, and I talked about playing golf. But by the time I was done with all of my um, baseball and NASCAR work that I was doing last night, like the golf slate had already locked. Well, you got the inside track with Noto, though. Noto's he banked 100K like in back-to-back weeks in golf. Uh, that's the I guy you want to talk to. Golf, I didn't ask him any golf questions, to be honest. Like but, I always usually, you always ask him usually who he has to win and stuff. But um, we were breaking down both slates on the podcast today. You know, shout out to D Train. Uh, there's not a live show later, so you can go to the podcast and you can go to the minute mark that D Train highlights in the in the comment section and go right to the four game slate if you want to listen to that. Yeah, the, the podcast, of course, is the morning grind, if you guys are not aware. Uh, thoughts on Zanino? This is right up your house, Davey, uh, Allie. Apparently, Zanino has good BBP versus Perez. I'm not aware of this. Um, yeah, I always, I always like BBP. Um, it usually lines up. We, we've seen over the last, like, year or so, it lines up a lot with pitch types. Um, and, and, like, you can make a lot of sense out of BBP. I'd have to dig into it, uh, but I'm sure there's something there as far as Zanino. Uh, he's actually terrible against cutters, um, and he's really good against change-ups. So, you know, we know Perez throws a lot of change-ups against righties. So makes a lot of sense uh, that Zanino hits him well. So no issues with Zanino today, but it's more of, like, pitch profile than BVP. Um, I still prefer Darno over Zanino. Six for 15 with three homers for what it's worth. Five strikeouts, two walks, if you're curious. Uh, I'm really curious, like, when we get to the point where we can go and see what the pitch home run was off of. I'm sure that we could do that some way, but I don't have the time in the day. Um, I bet you hit all three of those home runs off of change-ups. That's a good – yeah, that feels like something to have. Like, obviously, you can look at, like, exit velocity and things like that. Or I, I know they have, like, uh, you know, exit velocity or, you know, ex woba versus certain pitches. You can get that, but it doesn't specifically say homer. But you can kind of sort of guess, right? <laughs> that is pretty interesting. Uh, it's it's just wild what they can do now with baseball, isn't it? It's insane. It's a, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Chu versus Bryant's in cash. Wow, man, that one's really close. I, I think you could play either one of those guys. Well, that's what this guy thinks too, and you're supposed to tell him which one to play amongst the two. I don't know either. Uh, it's really close. It's fifty-one forty-nine. There are different positions, or I guess you could play. Can you play Bryant in the outfield on DK? Yes. Um, hold on, I'm looking now. Now I'm curious. <laughs> Bryant's 46, Chew. All right, I would go Chew because it's really close and they're on the road and he's batting leadoff, so there's a good chance you get the fifth at bat with Chew. So, yeah, th- th- that's kind of what I lean with as well, too. That was my thought process, putting a shot of that fifth at bat and m- maybe Bryant only gets four, and that's a 20% bonus as far as usage, and usage matters a lot in baseball. I know we don't talk about it in that context but that, that's sort of my thought process as well um so fade the brewers win all the money I, I saw people last night on twitter taking the victory lap of like oh i can't believe all these suckers all these donkeys played the phillies against the aforementioned jason vargas and like ownership and every slate's different uh mm-hmm. there's context that's always changing uh is today a good day to fade brewers in tournaments sure um if mike leak keeps doing what he's doing he's generating a ton of ground balls against lefties so 
Um, just looking at the ownership, like a lot of the ownership today is going to be on Milwaukee and the Chicago Cubs. So if you get away from those guys on a six game slate, potentially a five game slate, those ownerships would even go higher. Um, yeah, I have no issues with that, but I'm not fading them. I might go underweight on them, uh, in 20 to 25 teams, but I, I could certainly see why you would, you know, play leverage, but Yelich is the top hitter on the slate for a reason. Yeah, team total over six now, 6.13 as I'm seeing him right now. Uh, give me three dudes that are banging out some homers before we step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. Uh, three dudes that are banging out homers. Uh, Joey Gallo is going to hit a home run. Um, Conforto uh, off of Nola. And, you know, it would be weird if I didn't say Vogelbach. <laughs> it would be weird. You feel contractually obligated to say Vogelbach. All right. Like, uh, wouldn't it though? Like it's just not, it's weird if I don't say Vogelbach. Yeah, but this like you you want righties against Anderson, don't you? So take Brasso as my my third one. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk you off it for what it's first worth. major league home run. There you go. Uh and we stay tuned for Roth. That's a good segue as far as crunch time because we really want to make sure that it, that game is clean and playable and Roth gives the the go, at least for tournaments, as far as the color of the weather in Minnesota. He's Stevie. Uh stay tuned later on. Like you said, there is a crunch time later on tonight. If you want other content for uh, you know, free content, if you guys are not premium members, check out the, the morning grind. You guys touched on that with Noto as far as the four-game slate tonight. Stevie, I'm Dean. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Enjoy your baseball. Holler. Holler.